0: This is The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can the world. We can the world. Now, you're Sue Freeze.
1: We have someone special today, and his name is Bob Lindsay, and if you don't know who he is, you're going to get to know him better today, because that's what we're here for, is... Um, I met him very briefly at a prayer breakfast recently, and I met his wife, too, and it was just a nice interlude of conversation, and he's very personable, and he's very real, which I love, and he wanted to be able to talk with you and get you to know him. So, because he's running for office, what office is he running for? He's running for the LA County Sheriffs. Now, that's a big responsibility and with all the things uh, you know, earlier when I was saying that I turn on the news and I'm just going, "Wow, what is going on and what are we going to do about it and can anybody help us?" Yes, God is helping us and he does have control even though sometimes we feel like, "Where are you? Why is this happening?" He's there and he's got he's got the ultimate plan. And I'm going to trust in that. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, he puts people in places. He puts people in position to help with his work. And I believe that Bob Lindsay is one of those gentlemen. So, Um, Bob, I just welcome you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to really personally be just right here with us right now. So we have Facebook Live going on. We've got the radio going on. We are syndicated. We go all up and down the state, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm still amazed at eight and a half years of being on this show. And I just thank you, San Diegans, for listening. I thank you, Venturians, for listening. I thank you, San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange County, L.A., obviously, KKL.A., and all the way up the coast, all the way up to Santa Maria and San Luis Obispo on KUHL. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now. What I want you to do is I want you to connect with me, and how you do that is you go to Sue Freeze, spelled like Fries, one word dot com. Did you get that? Sue Freeze, spelled like Fries, one word dot com. Go there, give me your name, and whatever it is that you're needing to discuss. If you have prayer requests, if you have, um, if you need resources, if you just have a question, or you have a suggestion on how I can be better to serve you on this show. I want you to connect with me and let me know how I can be better to serve you. Okay? So thank you for that. Now, but there are people watching and there's people listening that really Mm want to know why should they vote for you. And so I just want you to tell us about yourself.
2: I'd appreciate that. But first, Sue, I just want to say that you are such a blessing to everybody out there. Oh,
1: thank you. And for you to
2: be on the radio saying, I'd like you to tell me how I can be better that is exactly what we need to do on the sheriff's department. Uh, and so that's yeah. that's a wonderful statement to make to all of your listeners. Yes. Um, a little you. bit about me. Yeah. Well, I was born right here in L.A. I was born at Queen of Angels Hospital. Mm. And then my parents took me home to a place called West Covina, California. But back when I grew up, it, there wasn't much there. There were just homes in orange fields. I don't know if anybody that's, that's living out there or has been alive as long as I have, you know, which is 62 years Times have changed.
1: Yes, they have. I was born in Santa Ana, so I am a native Californian, and I do remember the orange groves. They smelled so good.
2: You know, I can remember as an 8-year-old when they started ripping down the orange oh, groves and they put so in those sad. new houses. Uh-huh. I couldn't stand anybody who lived in those new houses because they took away all my orange groves.
1: Yes. I hear yeah, you. we
2: used to go in there and have orange fights and and do all those things. But we used to walk to school at that age too. Uh-huh. It was a half mile to school,
3: uh-huh.
2: but you know, at age seven, at age eight, we were free to walk to school and walk home without fear of being kidnapped.
3: Exactly. Yes. Exactly.
2: Those are the days. But anyway, yes. from uh, you know, I grew up uh, there in uh, West Covina, but I went to Covina High School. And then ultimately, uh, I graduated from Covina, which many people probably said, how did he do that? Uh, But I graduated from Covina, and then I went to Mount Sac, Mount San Antonio College, then to Cal Poly Pomona, then to Cal State LA, and then to Rio Hondo College. And I went all over the place because in 1978, I got a job as a deputy sheriff. Mm. And so I was going to college at the same time as I had kids, but when they would switch my shift... And I was halfway through the college course, then I would have to go ahead drop oh, out. Oh,
1: wow.
3: And then go
2: back because mm-hmm. each time they transferred me, I wanted the transfer
3: because
2: mm-hmm. it was a promotion spot or it was something that was going to benefit my career.
3: Sure.
2: So, uh, you know, in 1978, I came on the department, and then for the next uh, 32 years, I worked there for the LA County Sheriff's Department, working 25 different assignments in a multitude of places, you know, five patrol stations, five custody facilities, uh, surveillance jobs, gang enforcement. I worked the academy training, uh, advanced officer training, uh, trained all the field training officers out there, ultimately promoted up through the ranks from deputy to sergeant to lieutenant to captain and then to commander.
1: You know, what's interesting about that is, um, you know, I always say that when we're going through things and life happens. uh, I just feel it's God preparing us for our next assignment. And uh, in the workplace, I realize that that's happening with me too, is going through all the different positions that I held to be now holding the position I have with my business and the radio. I realized that God was really putting positions in front of me so that I could be prepared for the next assignment. And it sounds like you 've been preparing for this assignment,
2: well, God has been preparing me, and I will tell you, and I think it goes for anybody you know you look you look at a house and somebody says there 's the perfect family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nope, I can look at any house and I can tell you nobody 's a perfect family there 's a lot of things that happen,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and God um, has blessed us in many, many ways i mean whether it 's with healings, my daughter when she was Uh, a very young age, was diagnosed with epilepsy. Mm. And my wife was standing at the sink. When you see your daughter going through seizures as a baby and there's nothing you can really do, it breaks your heart. And as she was standing at that sink, just sobbing, crying, asking for God's help, she audibly heard, dry up those tears. Dry those tears up because it's done. And from that very moment, she never had another seizure. And so... I know God is real, and Mm -hmm. I know that when we're going through a lot of obstacles, that all it is, it's a training course. Mm -hmm. And it's a training course taking you and preparing you for what's coming up ahead. Mm -hmm. So when I look at things and I say, oh, my God, how come me? I now say, why not me? Why not you? What's coming up?
1: I love that. Why not? Yeah, people say – I, I thought about this when I was driving in, and I was thinking, and I don't want to mess this up, but uh, I read this. And being in the bug business, it really uh, resonates with me. But they say, you know, oh, you know, I don't need to vote because it's just one vote. You know, how much, how much can I really do? And I read this little saying, and it said, those that feel like they can't do anything have never been in bed with a mosquito. <laughs> because if you think about that, it's it, true. You know, here's this little tiny mosquito, but they can do major damage, right? They, they, they. You can definitely know that mosquito was there.
2: Well, that's true. And in L.A. County, there are ten and a half million people in L.A. County, forty-one hundred square miles, and only half of those people are registered to vote, mm-hmm. and only ten percent of those votes. So, really, when you go vote, you're not one vote. You're like ten votes. Because everybody else who isn't voting, you're voting for them. Right. So your vote is extremely powerful. When you take the time to do the studying, to look at the candidates, and you finally make your decision for whoever that is, it's a very powerful vote.
1: Yes. Yeah, so vote. Uh, I get upset when I hear people saying, "No, I'm not going to vote. And I'm like, wow. You know, um, being in the business world as I am. I always kind of shied away from politics because I don't enjoy politics, because I didn't understand it, and I still don't understand a lot about it. But when uh, politicians make decisions that affect my business or affect my employees, I get really outraged, because <laughs> I'm thinking, what were they thinking? Oh, they weren't thinking. and they, You know, if they would have realized how that affects the business world, then maybe they would have not decided to do things the way the vote came out. So... Uh, Having someone in the capacity that you are going for and having the experience you've experienced seems that puts you in a very good light as far as being able to make decisions that are going to be the best for our L.A. county and for uh, surrounding areas. I think it's really important to look at every position and make sure that the person that we are voting for is the person that is the most equipped to be able to handle, you know, it's not easy being in a decision-making position. It's not easy at all. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5, and thank you so much for joining in. You're, uh, my guest today is Bob Lindsay, who's running for L.A. County Sheriff, and uh, I'm really getting to know him right along with you because I met him very briefly at a prayer breakfast. And so it's really fun, and I like fun, but it's really fun and encouraging to be hearing this man talk and I'm right behind you, age-wise, so, um, you know, I've been around almost as long as you. Well, very you look, close. You look significantly
2: younger than I do. Well,
1: I don't know. I don't know about that. But anyway. No, they, so, can,
2: they can see right there.
1: Hi. <laughs> um, so anyway, would you say you are a Christian?
2: Oh, I am definitely a Christian, and right. I have been for a very long time. You know, and it's funny, when we talk about the women in my life, it's, uh, it started with my great-grandmother. And she actually brought my mother to Christ. It wasn't even my, my mother's mother. And she used to walk her to church all the time, a few times a week. They lived in Cottonwood, Arizona at the time. Oh. And so when she brought my mom to Christ, my mom then brought us to Christ at a mm. very young age. My dad wasn't you know, really religious, but my mom was. Mm-hmm. And whatever it took, she was always you know, deep in the Bible, deep into Bible study and teaching us things. And, and I'll tell you what, when you're brought up that way, it stays with you, and it, that's why it's so important that when we take our kids to church, when we when we lead them up in the way that they need to be, that it's in them. And maybe they fall away for a bit,
1: yep, maybe.
2: But you know what? They have it inside of them. It's right. something they can never let go of.
1: So, moms, that's an encouraging word. So, just own it, take it in. Uh, you know, if your child has strayed, don't lose heart. You know, because uh, God's time isn't finished. So just understand that you did what you could and you you shared the light of the lord with your children and you trained Mm -hmm. them up so just take heart
2: very true yes absolutely yes
1: so tell us about your police experience you gave us a little background about things
2: you know i've uh, been on the department for a long time Mm -hmm. and in 2011 i i didn't retire i was recruited by the state they brought me into the state superior court uh, to oversee the sheriff's budget on the court side uh, because they knew if anybody could watch the sheriff, it would be me to make sure that they were getting the service, they were getting what they paid for. And so I've been doing that for the last seven years. And so altogether, I have about 40 years of being with the sheriff's department, which over that course of time, I have learned a lot. But I will also say this. There's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. And each and every day that I go out there, there's something new happening. You know, law enforcement from the 1978 to 2018 has changed a -hmm. lot. But you know what? People really haven't. I mean, there are good people. There are bad people. There are people that need to be rehabilitated. There are good police officers. There are mediocre police. I mean, as you go through it people or what make up the department. Now, I've heard people say, well, we need to tear the department down to the studs and we need to do this. No, you know what? It has to do with the people who are running it. Mm-hmm. And when you have the right people running an agency, and it doesn't matter whether it's the termite business or any other business, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. When you have the right people running the business mm-hmm. and the right people surrounding that person... Then great things can happen.
1: Amen. And That's as so we, true.
2: yeah, it, it, well, it's it's the way it is. It's not the building, it's not the church building that right. makes the church. It's the people in the church, right. and and those are the things that I think oftentimes we forget. So policies and procedures are important, but if you don't have the right people running the agency with compassion, with heart, with caring, and and with the understanding that people will make mistakes, and that you look at them and say. You know what? It's okay to make a mistake. We are going to build on this and make you better. If I look back at my life and I was beaten down for every mistake I made, I'd still be down. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But you know what? You get up and you give people opportunities, and that's how you make a great department. And I will tell you what, 99% of the deputies out there right now are wonderful people, but they have quit working because they're working right now in an environment of fear. Mm. And it's not just fear. They're not afraid of being shot. They're not afraid of something going on. They're they're afraid of what's going to happen to them in discipline. They're afraid of the policies they have right now. They're afraid that they're over supervised to the degree that if they do anything wrong, they're going to lose their job. They're not going to be able to pay for you know uh, food for their family. They're going to lose their houses. These are the things that they're thinking
1: about. Right. Right you know don't judge me here okay but i watch blue bloods
2: oh that's good
1: i like that show i like that they sit around the table and there's three and four generations and they pray around the table and it doesn't hurt that tom Selleck is in there i like him too
2: he's a great guy he
1: is a great guy Yeah. yeah but i really love that show and uh they really are real i mean it's it's a real story you know like the worry about the guns or Uh, you know, the integrity of decision making on, okay, what do you do in this case? There's the human side and then there's this side. And so um, I just love that show. I think it's a great show. If you don't don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. It's a good show. Well,
2: you know, the human side, I think, a lot of times is what's forgotten. You know, when Mm -hmm. somebody puts on a uniform, they don't become some different person.
3: Right. They
2: bring to work with them what happened at home. They Mm -hmm. bring to work with them everything happening in their life. Right. And the same thing happens. You know, my wife used to, when I, when I would come home from work, she would say, well, what happened today? And I would sit there and go, oh, do I really want to talk about the dead baby that I just saw? Do I want to talk about yeah. the robbery that just happened? And, and, you know, it's almost like you want to go home just to breathe, but then yet it's not fair to your family when they're so interested in what you're doing to not mm-hmm. share with them again. And so I think a, a lot of the things that we as police officers do throughout our careers— Um it it takes time to assimilate it. And there's a there's a progression for a police officer. And if people out there, you know, those who are listening and caring about police officers, you go into the police business and pretty much every time I've done millions of interviews, I swear, because I did all the hiring for the department. Mm -hmm. I've hired more than seven thousand deputies.
3: Wow. But when you
2: when you hear a deputy saying, Why do you want and this is before they're hired, why do you want to become a deputy sheriff? Most will say, because I want to serve the public. Most will say, because I want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And this is their primary reason for coming on. But then once they become deputies, they lose something. Mm -hmm. Because now it becomes, well, I want to go arrest somebody. I want to take criminals off the streets. But what we need to do is balance that. Mm -hmm. We still want to save people. We still need to talk to people. that that is what's lost a lot of times. And we have to keep that that balance in life for police officers. And I think a lot of times they forget that. And they forget to stop, to wave to the person that's standing on the street. They forget to stop and talk to the people in the community, which is so important.
1: I went to a uh, Mexican restaurant, and there was two policemen in there. And um, my son was a CHP officer, and he's not now. And so... I'm sitting there and I'm watching these two policemen and the kids were wanting, they were curious because of the uniforms. And so they were coming close. And one of the the gentlemen, the the policeman, he had little stickers on him and he had little tiny badges. and, And the kids were all like lining up once he brought these little badges out. And I thought, what a great way of getting people and children to not be afraid of policemen and not be afraid of the uniform but understand that the policemen are there for them, to protect them. And I think that in the news and things that are going on in the movies, you know, just the way everything's being depicted, that mm. things have changed. There's been a change in how policemen are viewed. Uh, and that's it's sad because you want to be able to call the police to protect you and to, you know, be there. And sometimes people are nervous about that now. And it's a shame.
2: Well, they are, and, and you know what? There's a lot of, a lot of difference between my generation and the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's put it this way. For a long time, when I was in patrol, somebody told me, there's a computer. You can actually write your reports on that computer. And I said, what? Why would I want to do that? Because I was so used to writing with a pencil and and the number Mm -hmm. two pencil and writing those reports out. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm not going to waste my time with a computer. And so there's a huge learning curve between people who are in the department right now who have been there a long time, and the millennials coming in. So Mm -hmm. even that is a huge training curve. So when you talk about the training curve inside the sheriff's department, it's even a bigger training curve between communication, between police officers and the public. And that's what we need to fix.
1: You have a big road ahead of you. I mean, this is a big thing. It's a big nut you're going to have to crack.
2: There's a lot of people holding my hand.
1: Yes, well, that's good because we have to have that. We definitely do in any position of leadership and decision-making, we have to have that. So I have a really, really big question. Why are you running for sheriff? You've already said some of the things, but why are you running for sheriff?
2: You know what? This is a complicated issue, but my son's a deputy sheriff, my brother's a deputy sheriff, my nephew's a deputy sheriff, and I know hundreds of deputies, and I have throughout the years. And even though I left the department for a while to the courts, I was seeing what was happening inside the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. And for the last three years, it's become basically a department in crisis. And we can get into probably a lot of those details, but it's a department that if it's in crisis, it cannot effectively serve the community anymore. And I think when you talk about rising crime, when you talk about homelessness, when you talk about the mental health issues, you know, there are just so many issues that we could sit here and talk about. And Mm -hmm. I guess I look at it and say, well, what's going right? I really would like to, to look at something and find something that is really, really positive. Now I know there's a lot of wonderful people in LA County, but when I walk out my door and I see all the things that are going on, yesterday I got a phone call. From a young lady named Ann, her dad just got shot
3: oh, my in a
2: cigar shop in Montebello. Her, her brother owns a cigar shop. Somebody came in, robbed them, and shot the dad. Oh. And I mean, this was just yesterday that I received this phone mm-hmm. call. So it's happening all over L.A. County. And these are the things that we really need to take a look at. They're serious. 56% increase up to date in homicides right here in L.A. County. 56% increase.
1: I was going to ask you, is crime up or down?
2: Well, if you ask the current sheriff, he'll tell you it's down. But the fact is, it's way up. And if you start comparing from when he came in office in 2014, it's up, I mean, like 67% in violent crime. And so it's, it's going up and up, and it's going to be even higher. And there's a lot of reasons for that that we can talk about later. Um, and, and there's resolve. There's ways to fix this. But the way it's going right now, um, it's not happening.
1: Well, after the break, I'm gonna to want to know what your plans are as far as solutions. I love solutions because you have to identify problems in my business. I I do it daily, and yes. you know, in anything in life, you know, whether it's personal relationships and your marriage or your parenting skills or, you know, getting along with people or in church or in business, is that you know when there is an issue where it's not going the way you want, you have to identify the issues. And you have to be really clear on identifying the problem, and then there's usually more than one solution to any given problem. But we mm-hmm. have to dissect it as to the outcome that we want, and figure out and work backwards. So um, I, I've learned that over my years in business is that you know we have to we have to do just that. And it you know I always talk about in, in the Sue Free Show about the parallels of business versus our personal relationships, because I always tell people you can get a little golden nugget out of anything that you're listening to or doing. And, you know, it's not a waste of time if you can get that one golden nugget because it could be a life changer for you. So just understand that. And in this little conversation we're having right now, exactly that. There's probably something here that maybe, you know, you might want to look and see if there's something you can do to help. That's a good one. So we will be back with more of the Sufri's show right after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Fries, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control.
4: And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants.
1: I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose.
4: I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother and E. cares for our customers like my mom cared for me.
1: We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online
4: at termitelady.com. com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. E. termite and pest control. 877 332 Bugs. me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood? And you use it as part of your termite control services?
1: They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
4: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. termite and pest control services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com. E. Ecola, Powerful
1: termite and pest control.
4: As gentle as a butterfly.
0: You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, Ecola, Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. We so appreciate you. And listen, if you have any termite or pest control needs, we are here to serve. We want to be there for you. And if we can't be your first choice, which I really would appreciate and prefer, but if we can't be your first choice, let E.C.O.L.A. be your second opinion. Because I, there's a lot of companies out there, some good, some not so good. And I just want to make sure you're getting taken care of the way you should get taken care of. So I'm hoping it's with E.C.O.L.A., but if not, just let us be the second opinion. we'll tell you. We'll tell you what you need to know so that you can make an educated decision. decision. and that's what we need to do. And that's what we need to do when we're voting, too, right? You have to get the information so you know who you're voting for and what they're going to do for you and why you feel they should be in the position that hopefully God is placing them in. So that's why we're talking to Mr. Bob Lindsay today, and uh, he's running for L.A. County Sheriff. And I personally wanted to get to know him because there's just things that I'm seeing that are being done and not done, and I'm wondering there's got to be a better way to do it and uh i think bob might be the answer so we're going to hear more from him and uh i'm liking what i'm hearing i don't know if you are but i certainly am and so i'm i'm kind of excited to continue we've gone halfway through our show now so this is the second half so hang in there and listen to us and um and I just thank you. Thank you for being part of this show. Connect with me by going to Sue Free, like fries mm-hmm. one word dot com. I want to know. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to be a resource, a prayer warrior. Whatever you need, I just want to be there for you. God's done a lot in my life personally. He's brought people into my life that have helped me through my trials and my tribulations. Yes, I've had them too. And you know what? I'm a better person because of it. And I'm thankful for everything because it's prepared me to be right where I am right now, talking to you. So I'm excited about that. So, uh, Bob, before the break, we were talking about uh, is crime up or down, and you said we could talk about it a little more. And so I'm just going to let you do that.
2: Well, thank you. Yes, crime <laughs> crime is definitely up. And I will tell you, there's a lot of reasons for that. And a lot of people will talk about the propositions,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, that were passed. They were passed to allow criminals to come out of jail early. Um, out of the prisons, and it's overcrowding our jails. And then we have the mental health problem also Mm -hmm. that is overcrowding the jails. Now, there's a lot of things that we need to take a look at from the inside of the sheriff's department so that we can protect the community. But let me back up for one second. And this is something and why it's so important that voters study what they're doing. Because remember that there was this thing called the Safe Neighborhoods Act. Well, the yeah, Safe okay. Neighborhoods Act was actually letting people out of jail. Mm. So when you look at a title, don't necessarily think the title is telling you the truth. Oh, and okay. so we need to read what's behind the titles of everything we're voting for so that we can be sure that what we're voting for is something that we actually want as a community. Because believe it or not, there's people out there that are going to try and trick you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: into voting for the wrong thing. And you have to know whether yes means yes or no means no and the way that it's worded also.
1: That's very good advice. I'm hearing an advertisement right now for public school versus charter school, and uh, I'm listening to it going, I don't agree with what's being said. So it's like, you know, I'm just it's kind of like the what I've heard so many times and I've told people, buyer beware, and we're kind of the ones choosing Our future. So let's take that into consideration and do the best, be diligent in our decision-making and our voting.
2: That's right. And you know what? I think all of us care about what's going on in our community.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And when it comes to people who commit crimes, I don't think when you commit a crime that it's something that forever you should be thrown away and and that you're broken forever. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. We need to rehabilitate. But at the same point in time, I think here in California, we've lost sight of the victims. There's a lot of victims. Yes, there are. And what's being done for the victims. And so here's the way that it works right now. If you're a victim of a crime and you go to court and you testify against somebody, which is a scary thing to do in the first place. Absolutely. And the jury, you, you go down there and they pull 12 jurors together, wonderful people who are all missing their jobs, doing a wonderful job, by the way, mm-hmm. and jurors, please, if we need good jurors out there, so please, when you get that jury summons, go, because if we don't have good jurors, then good decisions may not be made. But all of this happens, and then ultimately, after you've done all this work, the judge says, okay, I am going to give this person one year in jail. And he pounds his gavel or she pounds her gavel down on the thing. And the deputy takes this person away for one year. Well, they don't go away for one year anymore. They go away for 10 days. So Uh that person does 10 days and they're right back out causing you problems. And you're wondering what happened with the system. Well, the judge did his job. But in actuality, the sheriff didn't do his job because he should be keeping him in jail longer. But the problem right now is the current sheriff forgot to hire people for three years because that's not something he was used to doing. Mm. So the department right now is down 1,500 deputy sheriffs. So when you're down that many deputies, you don't have enough deputies to fill the spots in patrol, in the courts, in the community colleges, in the metro rails, and the many other things that we service as the sheriff's department. It's the largest sheriff's department in the world. And so... As you start seeing that there's not enough bodies, they even take detectives who are handling investigations, move them from inside, and move them into a patrol car. So guess what's happening now? Nobody's conducting an investigation on the crime that occurred. So they're not even investigating. Mm. So this is the vicious cycle that occurs when these things happen. So not having all of these deputies also means that he can't open up any of the closed jails that he has. Why do we only do 10 days on a year? Well, because there's not enough bed space. Well, open up a little bit of bed space. Here's another resulting factor. We all have a heart for those that are addicted to drugs because the drug, I I have a foster brother who's lived with me since five years old, and then at 18 he moved out. Mm -hmm. I was 12, he was five, and he was a crack baby. At age 18, he once again tried drugs. Well guess what? He was immediately addicted. And he has been addicted now for another forty years. Mm. And so I I know about rehabilitation centers. I know about these things. But what's happening now is we arrest somebody out on the street who's an addict and they go to court and the district attorney offers them rehabilitation. So the rehabilitation is ninety days, maybe one twenty. And so they're looking at ninety to one twenty in a drug rehab Or if you get sentenced to six months, you only do one day in jail. So they choose one day in jail so they can go back out and continue their drug habit rather than rehabilitate. Now, see, this this is a broken system. Definitely. This is a terribly broken system. And so what do they do? They go back out. That's why property crimes are up. That's why assaults are up. Robberies are up 68%. And I mean, I you know, Ann and her dad yesterday were victims of that. This is a cycle that will not end unless we get inside the sheriff's department and fix it from the inside.
1: Wow. Well, that's information I didn't have before. And it's definitely true. You have to have the manpower in order to get the job done. And it sounds like we don't have that. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. And, yes, there are a lot of victims out there. And, You know, one thing that's really near and dear to my heart is domestic violence and what's going on in that world. And I've talked to my listeners about a ministry Mm -hmm. house that God put on my heart for domestic violence mothers with children because there are so many people, even uh, people that work for me, where they struggle with things. And, you know, women just become so afraid they don't want to lose their children. And they don't want to have injury, they don't want to get hurt, so they stay in a bad situation. And to really, uh, you know, to go to the police station and say something, um, what I've heard is the police station, the police say, well, do you have any proof? Um, Do you have anything to back up your story? And if you don't have proof, and even if you do have proof, what are they going to do? And then how safe is that mother? How safe are the kids in that situation? So it's almost they're in a situation where they can't get out. And so they stay in a bad situation because there's no safe harbor. There's no place for them to go right. to where they can get a, a fresh start and to, uh, you know, to be a good mom and to be pr- still protect their children. So it's really a tough situation. And with all the uh, facts and figures of how much of that is going on, there is so many numbers that we are not even aware of. That we don't even know, and so it's very, very sad, and it's very big
2: well, there's a lot of unreported crimes in exactly. fact, back in the middle eighties, I actually wrote the domestic violence policy for the entire sheriff's department.
1: I did not know that
2: and i well
1: I did not know that see you just met me I know <laughs> but see there's God does that see God is so good, and it's amazing well I was I, just,
2: I was I was i was I had the blessing actually to write the policy, and so I know the policy you know backwards and forwards but the problem is that a lot of people out in the community do not understand what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And so police officers are mandated to do certain things when they come, and they do ask for evidence, you know, if you have bruises, if you have markings, mm-hmm. if you have those sorts of things. Three weeks ago, I went on a domestic violence march out in the city of Los Angeles, and and it, it I was so sad um, because a lot of the young ladies there were in their teens, and you could see the looks on their face. But But they they had broken away and they were being helped and they were being helped by wonderful organizations Mm -hmm. uh, to keep them out of that situation. And, you know, one of the ladies that was there, she actually came from Louisiana and she came. that trip she made was because it was so important to her because her daughter was killed in a domestic violence situation. And there is so much confusion about what we can do with these sorts of issues. She, This was the first time she had spoken and she got up on the steps of L.A. City Hall. And she said, I'd really like to talk to you girls about Jesus. But I know that, you know, we can't separation of church and state and all this stuff. And she, she didn't want to talk about it. She wanted to, but she didn't think she could. Mm-hmm. And she sat and gave her story and, and Appreciated these, these young women and then they gave me the opportunity to get up and speak and I basically said nobody's going to keep me from speaking about Jesus Christ. I don't care that, if I'm on the steps of LA City Hall or if I'm in the Hall of Justice or if I'm out on the streets or if I'm in, in, in one of the stores it doesn't matter. We have the right to talk about Jesus Christ as our Savior. And wow,
1: that's amazing. I love it. <laughs>
2: and so this is where Christians need to begin to stand up I mean, we know that they're trying to pass laws right now in Sacramento, wherein they're banning the sale of the actual Bible as a hate book. We know that's not what it is. It's a storybook, it's a guidebook, it's everything but a hate book. And and so if we don't pay attention as Californians, if we don't pay attention as Christians as to what's happening in our communities, what's happening on city councils, what's happening on school boards, what's happening in the sheriff's department then that's our fault it's our fault for not doing something and standing up for what we believe in
1: be bold christians be bold speak up um you know i'm i I do that and i feel good about it and you know what we're not always liked and we are judged and uh you know it's it's okay though i'm okay
2: i'm gonna only be judged by one person
1: yes exactly exactly so what's happening with the homeless situation in la county
2: uh, it's out of hand. It's Over the course of the last year, I'm told that it's up 25%. And it's mm-hmm. really, honestly, a tragedy. And it's so sad because I was talking to some people yesterday, in fact, great people who are trying to go out there and and do their part in helping to fix this. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about three families that are living in their cars. It's mm-hmm. single mothers who have, each of them have kids. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find placement for them, and they can't because they're not connected to an organization or grants or anything else. So I was trying to direct them to places where they could go to try and find help. But here's the bottom line. Three years ago, the current sheriff came into office. And for the first three years while he was in office, he had one single deputy assigned to the homeless situation. One, just one, in 4,100 square miles. And then when he started his campaign... His campaign staff told him this looks really bad, and then he put 14 more deputies in there. So now there's 15. But I gotta tell you, where's the heart? The heart for three years wasn't with the homeless. The heart is with the campaign. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem when you're not actually there to try and take care of an issue from the heart in a manner that you're literally getting involved because you care, then it just doesn't get taken care of. What's important for the sheriff becomes important to the deputies. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important thing for everybody to remember. So if it's important that crime go down, that becomes important. If it's important that the homeless situation be taken care of, that becomes important. But the other thing that the sheriff can do, rather than ignoring the situation, is he can take a lead in the situation. We all know that throwing money at a problem isn't the answer. We've thrown a lot of money at the schools. It doesn't necessarily fix everything. Mm -hmm. You have to direct the money. The money has to be directed to the source where it's going to do the most good. Mm -hmm. And usually that's in the hands of the people who are hurting the most, not in the hands of people running the program. So... We have a real need for some leadership, and I will say the Board of Supervisors is, is going to be throwing a lot of money at it, and they have a lot of hope. I see a lot of hope in this upcoming year because they're making that a priority, and I am hoping and praying that that will be an answer, but the answer is to team up also with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and the sheriff who, after June 5th, would be me.
1: Yes, I, I second, claim that. I second that, and I <laughs> claim that too. I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, I had uh, my my assistant. I had her go on Bible Gateway because we use that sometimes just to find out things in the Bible, and uh, the you know faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, is a scripture that's very well known. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to know how many times faith uh, is in the Bible. Faith is in the Bible four hundred and fifty-eight times. Wow. Okay, faith. Yeah. And the second one was hope. Hope is in it 180, 180 times, because you kept using the word hope. Mm. And love, the greatest of these is love, is in the Bible 686 times. So if the book is a hate book, why is love in there 686 times?
2: It makes no sense. It makes
1: no sense. No sense. And Jesus is love. God is love. I mean, that's what he is. That's what he stands for. It's amazing to me because I had my uh, girlfriend, who I thought was my friend, who said, you know, there is more deaths caused by religion. And, um, well, she just went on and on. And I don't even need to repeat it because it's not worth repeating. But anyway, um, I just thought, wow, I'm I'm really surprised, but then not. And I'm like going, this needs to change, Lord. It's in your hands.
2: You know, it does need to change. And, you know, I'm accused. I'm running for sheriff. Right. But I I may be seen with a person who's been in, in prison and and i'm hugging them yeah, and it's like do that. it's like well wait a minute you're hanging around with felons yeah i i am and you know what that felon i just hugged he spent 3 years in prison studying the bible more than anybody i know and when he was sitting there giving me passages and giving me words and and teaching me i am proud to be hugging him mm-hmm. because you know what he, maybe he did something wrong back here but when he went in He's rectified that, and today he's saving others, and he's going out into the community, and before somebody makes the same mistake he made, he's going to keep them from making that mistake.
1: That's a wonderful story, and that is happening, and we are called to go to the prisons. We are, and save them, yes. So we have five minutes left, according to my producer over here. He's just giving me a little flashcard saying five more minutes.
2: That's a a good-looking guy back there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So you have five minutes, and I could ask you all kinds of questions because I have a lot of them, and I'm sure the listeners do too. So what would you like? I'm just going to hand the mic over and just say you've got five minutes to just talk to the people about your heart, your passion, and uh, why they should vote for you. Is that okay?
2: No, it's great. I, okay. I appreciate that. In fact, sure. that's a blessing. You know, my faith drives me, and uh, throughout my life, I have looked at my faith as being that thing which keeps us strong when you're going through trials and when you're going through tribulations a lot of times we look at things and we say this just can't be happening to me i went through a very very traumatic um incident when i was a captain with the sheriff's department i was asked to do some very very bad things because inside the department there were some corrupt people who had more power than i did mm-hmm. let's face it on the sheriff's department there's a rank structure. And if you're a captain, you're more powerful than a lieutenant down the line. But if Mm -hmm. somebody's higher than you, they have more power. Mm -hmm. And when you're ordered to do something that is against your faith, you have a decision to make. And when I made this decision, I knew I would be attacked. I knew that it was going to possibly terminate my career. There's no chance for advancement, no chance for anything. Mm -hmm. But you have to make that decision in faith that God knows that you're doing the right thing and that you believe that doing the right thing is going to prevail in the end anyway. Mm -hmm. And so when I made this decision, um, I got attacked uh, and fiercely, fiercely attacked. But you know what? God was with me every step of the way. For over a year, I got attacked. And then in the end, it led to a promotion because the people higher than them figured out what was going on. And so although you're going through that trial, always hang on to the fact that at the end of it, God has a plan. There's a plan. And all of the things that I've gone through, I will tell you, and I'll, I'll leave with this, just this message, your family will be attacked too. Because of what I did, my son got attacked. And we went through a lot during that, the course of that time But God gave us revelations. God told us what was going to happen in the end. And in the end, the people who did that to my son are now the people in prison. And so if you take a look at what's happening to you in your particular life, understand God never leaves you. He never leaves you. He's there, but he's waiting for the right moment, waiting for the moment that you have gone through whatever you need to get through to temper you, to test you, to make you stronger, and to prepare you for what's coming in the future.
1: I thank you. I think there's many people that receive that. Um, I know my son, that would speak just volumes to him, being a CHP officer and things not going the way they should have, really. It's a, a done me wrong kind of thing. And so to hear you and to meet you and just the whole situation of how we met and you being on the show with me today and just getting to know you it's it's so much god showing up you know and i i just i love him so much and i just am so thankful because my son needs to hear it and i thank you and i know there's other people out there that have had things happen and uh it's just nice to hear that in the end god will prevail
2: wonderful things are going to happen in your son's life
1: well, thank you for that. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. So, yes. yeah, so that's great. I'm I'm receiving that, and I'm sure he would too. <laughs> <laughs> he's out killing termites right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works for me. So um, we have one minute. So you have one minute left, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on this show, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate what God's doing in your life, and uh, you have my vote. You well, know, thank you. Whatever sir. that means, but you—you you have my vote. Your vote, vote is worth 10, ten. Remember, I learned that your from you today. today. Yes. Yes. So you know, remember that your vote does count, and it does count. And well, the
2: vote is June fifth. Please June vote. 5th. Please go out, vote Bob for sheriff. It's Robert Bob Lindsay on the ballot. And if you want to look me up, you can go to Sheriff dot com. Bob the number four sheriff.com you'll see more about my life more about my history more about the things i've done with the sheriff's department and you'll actually get to meet some of my family too
1: awesome and you know this show is podcasted and you can listen to it on all different places i've talked to you about that before if you go to sue freeze when you go to sue freeze spell like fries one word.com go there uh, and i'll have his information in case you didn't catch it while you're driving all right. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye-bye.
2: Take
4: care.
0: Ah, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.